0: Hello, good morning, and welcome to my show. I'm your host, Fred Edison, and this is the Ocean Man Games Club podcast. Today, we are continuing our protest of Radiant Silvergun not being released, past Radiant Silvergun being released, because I had already started playing the game, and I wasn't going to quit now. So anyway, we finish our uh, protest tour of Radiant Silvergun not being being put out by playing Crimson Clover World Explosion Butthole Prolapse Tour. Now it's not that, but if if you didn't notice on the on the podcast description, um, Crimson is spelled with a Z. So uh good luck good luck Googling that otherwise. Before we continue, as I mentioned, I was protesting Radiant Silver Gun ...being released and then being pulled from the eShop. Well, it's back on the eShop, so that protest is basically done. And it, it, it was basically the least... ...the least eventful reason ever. It Well, actually, that's not true. It was because they re, they submitted the game with a E rating... ...when it should have had a T rating... ...because at the end, there's a robot with a penis... So, got to wait about a week to play the game extra because of Robot Penis. I got fucked by Robot Penis. So, Crimson Clover, World Explosion. It doesn't actually have butthole prolapsing to her um, on the title. And I, I will say it, Crimson Clover because God God knows we have an exercise that mispronunciation joke a little bit. Anyway, uh... Crimson Clover, we're looking at World Explosion, which is the version available on Switch and I maybe PC at this point. I played it on Switch. It performed amazing on Switch in handheld mode, so we don't really need to discuss it further on that in you know, a technical aspect. Crimson Clover has been released in various forms for about a decade now. Um the game is the version we're playing is from twenty twenty as I mentioned, is brought to you... Uh, the developers are, are Yutsubane, and probably the greatest title for anything ever, all one word, Adventure Planning Service, which is pretty fucking sick. But I mentioned has been being released in various forms over 10 years, and I learned a new um, term for... I guess Japanese indie games, which are called called dojin games. Um, I probably heard it before, but didn't put that to memory because that makes me sound a lot cooler than just straight not knowing. But for those of us who didn't know, myself included, dojins are they're essentially Japanese indie games. But there's kind of a distinction there, I guess, in that they're, uh, the indie scene in in Western games tends to be more they're still intended to be typically commercial products with smaller teams yeah i know there's of course you know fan fan games and the modding scene and that sort of thing which is of course indie game making of course as well but in in japan dojin specifically kind of reference an enthusiast scene that tends to i guess kind of focus on more niche genres and push those niche genres in extreme directions which i know we bring it up a lot but that sounds like another thing i fucking love you know like metal music uh, you know extreme metal there are a lot of bands that are have no interest in real wide scale commercial success but more they're interested in pushing the genre Um, at various directions and I guess that's sort of the idea with the Dojins, which is cool because (laughs) Crimson Clover is as I mentioned a vertical shooter it is bullet hell but it is probably the only game I've ever seen that can touch the cotton reboot for just absolute bonkers banana levels of bullshit flying on the screen there are numbers for everything Your combos are going up crazy high. Of course, it being a bullet hell shooter, there's a fuckload of enemies. There's a fuckload of uh, bullets on screen. And then, of course, too, when you... Wow, it's just Chair City over here. I'm just really trying to... I need to buy a real chair. I'm sorry, everybody. Hit up the Patreon and then I can buy a new chair. I, I don't ever pimp that. I have one. Whatever. Anyway, uh, of course, being bullet hell shooter, there's crap everywhere, but there's also a decision to have tokens or coins. Or, so I don't know. I don't pay attention ever to stories and shit, but there's little gold coin things that come out when you destroy enemies. So those are also floating around the screen for you to collect, but they fly off the screen right away. And the backgrounds of the game are very detailed too. A lot of enemies are ground-based enemies. And then on top of it you have your burst mode or break mode, which I'll go into further detail, but break mode is like a special and it fills the screen with even more bullshit. But somehow the game manages to to keep it pretty straight. Again, I'm total crazy white dog shit. Like light from the sun, dog shit at shooters, but I never really felt like I was getting lost. Also, the game gave you, gives you the option to change the color of your ship, which is cool and kind of fun, but also handy because then you can really, uh, really tailor the contrast to your personal eyesight preferences. We'll go with that. Anyway, uh. Bullet hell, we I think we touched on it last week, a bit, but bullet hell is a, it's a distinction, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> I suppose it is there. It's a distinction on shooters. Regular vertical shooters think like, Ra- Raiden or Raiden or whatever. I mean, whatever. I'm not gonna get mired in the details, but in general, think of like Raiden or like 1943 or 42 or whatever. Um, that kind of shooter is more your standard shooter. Bullet Hell, gonna be more like Icaruga. Um, you know, I, I, last night I was thinking about it and really Bullet Hell is just like competitive, like score based speed maze, maze navigation. Like basically really Bullet Hell shooters are sort of, if you get down to it, just contacts for kids with, Gambling bullshit put on like, like a slot machine bullshit put on top of it. A little bit way reductive, but (laughs) hey, whatever. So I guess a regular shooter, you could say it's more offensive, more attacking enemies, and and bullet hell is well, of course, offensive. You're more there's a lot more focus on navigation of enemy um, bullet patterns. Anyway enough about that if you want more detail on bullet hell shooters instead of just listening to me kind of like semi-informed ramble about it i would highly recommend a, an article from seven years ago by chris carter on destructoid it's called the joy of bullet hell i'll put a link in the description but I had to take a break for the iced coffee but it kind of breaks down the appeal Uh, bullet hell shooters kind of gives you a real brief summary of the genre you know i guess from the lens of seven years ago but it's still pretty interesting and uh if you want more details on bullet hell and the distinction versus regular shooter uh, again link in the description i guess it Ooh cheer time uh a a good way to really kind of give you an idea of what the game plays like other than just googling footage of it is that you know it the game is is over the top in all the right ways that i feel like is probably resulting from its kind of not kind of from its roots and being a doujin with the fact that you know the intent isn't to necessarily be commercially appealing so with that you get the on-screen feedback is crazy. Your scores are crazy too. Like you can easily 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 hit billions for the score for the first level. And there's like five or six levels, so you're talking total scores potentially hitting trillions, you know. And everything, you know, there's more there's three ships, there's colors, just everything is feels like more Other than I suppose a number of levels, but it is it's a pretty decent length. You know the usual kind of clocking in around an hour if you're charging through it. But it also has some stuff that you don't see that do feel I guess to use the parlance uh, extra. You know there's a bunch of colors to the ships. There's more ships. The just shooting enemies is crazy you're collecting coins that are at points filling the screen on top of your bullets and it just runs perfectly just there's a lot of difficulties to play on there's infinite continues so they're gonna let you even brute force your way through the game you're just you're loaded up on on everything quite literally and it's just a joy to play it because when it is so refined and so maximalized in every sense of the word and every aspect of the game that there's a certain there's a certain appeal to it if only because you can tell the amount of give a shit that went into it you rarely come across things in media and really anything, I feel like, that have been refined by a team using feedback of the fans for, like, a decade. And I suppose there's something to be said just for that longevity, but there's really a transmutation. (laughs) Is that where, I don't know, from the game to yourself, uh, just really feeling that quality and the care for it. And... I don't think that you necessarily even have to be a fan of the shooter genre to really get that feeling from it. Maybe I'm crazy. That sounds like, like I've been just pounding LSD tablets all morning and that a- hasn't been the case. You know, it was a couple of days ago. Maybe we still have the effects. The one thing that really is a little different about the game other than it just being so much about everything is that the game features uh, you know there's a regular shooting of course which by the way your standard ship has four little carrier ships two on each side uh, any of the ships blasting fire so by the end of the game you are just basically a cannon firing almost a screen wide stream of shots and it is glorious And like I said, the game runs perfectly, even on Switch in handheld mode. I didn't really feel like I noticed a lot of frame drops or anything. And the ones that I did weren't when the game was the busiest as far as actual hot shit on screen. It happened when the enemy patterns were the business or were the busiest. So I have to believe that. That maybe at one point that slowdown wasn't there intentionally, but it certainly has been left there intentionally. Now, again, I'm not Digital Foundry. I don't know why I said again. I've never made... I don't believe I made the claim that I was Digital Foundry and had to assure everybody that I was not. That does sound like something I would say, however. But the the performance was good. But the brake system is what I was... Loping my way towards is that you have your regular shot. You have a Secondary shot which you can hold in and it's a homing shot So it can hit a number of enemies at the same time in a circle radius around your ship on top of that you have Your break and what the break is is that the break rep- replaces uh, the normal bomb in a shooter as two charge meters and first you get a bomb from charging up by by killing enemies, you know whatever. Anyway, so as that meter goes up, you get your bomb, and then eventually you get the break. Now with the break, you can use it right away, and it basically goes you in like it puts you in a berserker mode, and you can go crazy. And your enemy, your your rate of fire increases. Um, how you know actually the amount of fire that you're putting out increases and it goes until the bar goes down now you can abort that mode slightly early and get a bomb so when you when you hit that bar to a certain point you've earned a bomb if you get it to getting your break you can then use your break and then break it off early to get an extra bomb or to get the bomb as well as the break you can also get a double break now the double break is really just f- filling up two bars and it goes for twice as long but it the the break system gives you a lot of options as far as basically when you want to unleash total hell. You have the option to save it up for bosses or you know particularly difficult parts when you get to it or you can just go nuts and kind of kind of go from one break to the other or if you're not interested in using your break you know berserk mode you can just use it like normal bombs not a big deal at all and that system is what i think probably keeps crimson clover most engaging to me is that of course i'm constantly trying to learn enemy patterns i'm trying to get better at comboing and I'm also really I'm not a big bullet hell guy so I'm trying to slowly adapt to that as well but what's been keeping me coming back to it really is that brake system because the brake system really gives you a wide breadth of options from the get-go and because of the nature of the amount of time that you're allowed to basically clear the screen. The a normal bomb in a shooter to me either you're using it because of an enemy pattern or you're using it as kind of an oh shit, I got to save myself. But with the brake system and it being for well the double brake in particular giving you such a long duration of total chaos that does carry over in between lives and continues, which is interesting as well. Because even if... And then if you suck and you're dying all the time and that continues through, you can really make the kind of choices that higher level players are making without being a a higher level player. You still get to decide when to use your breaks to maximize your score to because well what i mean by that is imagine if you were to make a chart of your number of enemies and fire enemy fire on the screen so basically you're using shit on screen as your y-axis and time is your x-axis on your chart for a normal shooter to me it would seem that you're going to be kind of following a smooth curve until you have hard points where you're going to have a change in direct in trajectory be that because enemy waves have come in And then then you have... So enemy waves will come in. You'd have a sharp spike. It would go down uh, smoother as you're eliminating them with fire. And then if you were to use a bomb, you would then see a sharp spike. And then you'd see a gradual increase as enemies come in, depending on how they spawn. With... The the burst system or fuck the the burst system again with the break system it gives you the opportunity to change the the shape of that graph very drastically in between individual playthroughs because most shooters the way you're going to be charging up you can basically you you can track pretty well compared to the reduction of your, your x-axis shit on screen when you're going to have the opportunity to make your bomb have a sharp break in your direction on your graph. But with the break system, you can use a bomb to have that sharp break. You can then have a more aggressive yet smooth enemy reduction rate because of your berserk break mode where you're firing a crazy amount of shit. But that Is going to basically have a hard drop on your chart, and then is going to be a flat line. So, what what it ends up making it gives you the option to turn base. If you were to think of a shooter in the regard of a regular shooter is typically more of an like an like if it were exercise, it's an aerobic experience, right? It's it's more constant, uh, you know. You're breathing heavy, and maybe you hit hills occasionally, like you're running. You hit hills occasionally; and those are your bosses. But with the the brake system and its total decimation of everything on the screen, you you turn it into almost like a like an anaerobic version of the same exercise. Where at any point, instead of maintaining. Because a vertical shooter is kind of forcing you to maintain an even pace like, like you're on a treadmill, I suppose. And this, the the brake system sort of gives you the option to not just like jump off on the side rails for half a second and then jump back on. It, it, it gives you the option to basically hit pause for a second on your treadmill, take a big breather, and then hop back in. That... I think gives the player probably, well, it gives the developer the opportunity to actually push the everything's at 11 on the screen, the enemy fire, everything without getting as severe a player fatigue from an incredibly intense experience. And that, and I guess that that's why I really find um, Crimson Clover World Explosion be such an interesting shooter is that it, it does it is so well refined, and then they give you so many options to really play it how you would like and manage the ebb and flow of enemies how you would like, in a way that a lot of shooters don't it kind of shows a lot of confidence in your design that that it will work out no matter what. And also confidence in your players to really use such an open-ended system to to maximize scores while really, you know, it's not... There aren't a ton of power-up options. There aren't a lot of different weapons. It demands that you utilize the brake system effectually and even if you don't you can really just uh help yourself from falling into the the trap of being bored by rote memorization through repeated playthroughs so crimson clover world explosion if you're if you're a bullet hell fan get it jabroni otherwise you know at least check it out if you're a shooter fan at all it's pretty cool um now because our protest is over a few things coming up. I did not forget about Ocean Man Games Club Fight Club podcast. That is probably going to be next because Radiant Silvergun is going to take me a while to play through. I have to talk to y'all about Tekken 8 and Street Fighter 6 news as well as a retrospective on the Street Fighter series maybe. Also have another episode that I've been working on for a little while regarding weapons fighters and some thoughts on those. So those are coming up next. Going to be Radiant Silver Gun for sure. Within three episodes, probably going to be Ocean Man Games Club Fight Club about Street Fighter, then Radiant Silver Gun, then Weapons Fighters. If you're looking to kind of play along at home. Which you should.